Smells like football, baby. <laughs> What up, guys? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It is Thursday in your podcast feed. St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. I'm, of course, your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Appreciate you checking out today's show. Had some fun last week with Jesse talking about things we hate about Dynasty Fantasy Football. Really just breaking down some of the stuff that we could look to improve in this game. So if you missed that, go back and check out last week's episode. It was a ton of fun. Uh, but on today's show, obviously the topic is free agency. Uh, what else is there to talk about right now? Let's go. A lot of movement over the last week or so. A lot of cards still to drop. We have some big names at the running back position still out there as of recording this here on Wednesday night, the 16th. Wide receiver, still a couple of names that are interesting as well. But on today's show, I'm going to be taking a look at the values of these free agent ads and note some of the veteran players that have been affected as well. Uh, that have of the players that have signed. Uh, obviously, there's still a lot to happen. If you're looking for some of the more of the dynasty takes, please check out yesterday's Dynasty War Zone, Memphis and Jerry. They took a look at some of these players and all of the signings that had taken place uh, at that time. Now, next week, going to take a look at more of the veteran players. So some of the guys that maybe didn't move as much, how they are impacted by some of these moves, uh, and maybe even highlighting some of the spots that we look to get addressed in the upcoming draft as well. So, uh, but today's show, let's dive into the free agents. But before we do that, as a reminder, subscribe wherever you're listening to this show. Uh, notifications turned on on YouTube, of course. If you're not checking out YouTube, be sure to do that. Lots of fun stuff coming from us this year. Tons of great content still every single uh, week here. Multiple shows across the board with the Rookie Rundown and the War Games, the War Zone, and of course here on the SmackDown. All right. Diving into this solo pod, here we go. Going to take a look at not only some of the signings, but also some of the guys that re-signed. Give some quick breakdown on that, some of the trades that happened. So some of these could be a little bit more than a week old. And obviously, if anything happened after recording the show, tune back in next week for my takes on that. But uh, going to be looking at 2021 immediate values here on these players. So at the quarterback position, some of the big ones were just the guys that were coming back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously returns to Green Bay. He is a top 12 quarterback once again uh we've saw a little bit of decline in his touchdown numbers but he was still up there uh despite not having godly passing attempts right he's just been extremely efficient no interceptions uh i think is and with Devonte adams there as long as he uh gets that contract extension or decides to play on the franchise tag then it's all systems go for Rodgers. I think they'll add some receivers here in the draft or via free agency. So time will still tell on that, but got to love Aaron Rodgers in 2022. Same thing with Tom Brady, who was a surprise, I guess, return back to the Tampa Bay Bucks, coming back right before free agency started. So TB12 is back in Tampa. Uh, that's a big up, obviously, for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, as he returned. Uh, and you expect a Gronk now to be back in Tampa Bay. So that offense overall is going to be uh, high-powered once again. Uh, still haven't addressed the running back situation as of recording this yet, but whoever lands there should have a ton of value. Uh, but Brady is going to be right there with, with Rogers, probably higher even, uh, due to the fact of, you know, Brady last season leading the league in attempts and yardage up there in touchdowns. Uh, so Tom Brady should be a top eight quarterback, despite obviously the lack of rushing Russell Wilson to Denver. Uh, he enters the top 12 conversation once again, due to landing in a situation with a ton of great weapons. Uh, and an offense that should move the ball fairly well with a great run game as well. 
So nice uh, add there for the Denver Broncos, who felt like they were a quarterback away. And I love to see that for the veteran wide receivers around Wilson now in Denver as well. Super excited about the prospects of those players. We'll touch on that a little bit more here shortly as well. Carson Wentz traded to Washington. Uh, it's kind of a flat, you know, for me, when you look at McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas, assuming he's going to be healthy, ready to go. Uh, and, you know, whatever else they can add there. Curtis Samuel hopefully being healthy or Demi Brown. So for me, Wentz is just, it's kind of flat for Washington. Now, take a look at Seattle and Indy, the teams that traded those quarterbacks. They haven't addressed the quarterback position yet as of recording this. And as of recording this as well, there's not a ton of free agents out there. You're looking at Jameis Winston, uh, Marcus Mariota, and then the draft class that everyone is not extremely excited about. So for me, uh, those are two situations to obviously monitor uh, going forward. But for the Washington side with the Wentz ad, it's kind of flat. I don't really, you know, I, I think there should be a, hopefully a little bit more consistency for Terry McLaurin, but it's not necessarily a huge upgrade per se. The free agent signing so far, we got Mitch Trubisky to Pittsburgh. Honestly, Big Ben was just a shell uh, of himself last year. So is could Mitch be much worse than that? Not really sure. You know, when you look at Juju, uh, more than likely out of uh, of Pittsburgh, hasn't signed yet. Uh, we thought last year he was going to be gone, and he ended up coming back. So when you look at Deontay, you look at Claypool, you know, I don't think this is a bump up for them, but I think kind of similar to McLaurin in the Washington Wentz um, ad. I think Mitch going to Pittsburgh kind of just flat. You know, when you look compare 2021 Roethlisberger, to Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, and wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Pittsburgh still adds a receiver or a quarterback in the draft. So keep an eye on that situation. But for now, it's Mitch time in Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple vets here that just signed as backups. You got Teddy Bridgewater in Miami, Tyrod Taylor in New York. Those are both guys just mentioning here because I think they're super flex late round stabs. You know, as far as we look at kind of backup QBs, those are guys that could see playing time eventually, whether it be potentially due to injury with Bridgewater and, you know, Tua not necessarily surviving the last few years. And then with, with Tyrod Taylor, I mean, again, we need to see the step from, uh, from Daniel Jones, but Dayball was in, uh, you know, being from Buffalo, Tyrod having those Buffalo ties, him going to New York after Mitch didn't uh, go to the Giants. I think Tyrod, again, is going to be one of those just late round stats. If you're in deep super flex leagues, those backup quarterbacks that need to be stashed, Teddy B and Tyrod Taylor are on the list. Obviously, the biggest domino to drop is still Deshaun Watson. Doesn't necessarily sound like he's going to Seattle or Indy, like I mentioned earlier. Those two spots still need to address the quarterback situation. So with uh, Deshaun, we'll keep an eye on that. And still Cleveland and the Baker Mayfield situation is up in the air as well. So obviously more to come. All right, let's move on to the running backs. It's been fairly quiet, to be honest. Uh, two big names kind of moved right out of the gate. And after that, it's been pretty slow. Uh, the big addition was, was really just a guy returning. The Arizona Cardinals brought back James Conner, who was running back nine in points per game last season. 18 total touchdowns, despite just the 200 rushing attempts. Conner was an absolute monster. Uh, some of that came with Chase Edmonds being injured, but Conner was the goal line back from the get-go and has, and has shown that that's valuable for fantasy owners. Now, I've seen some people say he has top six upside. I don't necessarily see that. Uh the the yardage as far and attempts were not spectacular for that just to carry you need those touchdowns for Connor he also wasn't overly involved in the passing game even when Edmonds was out so I think Connor is going to be fine he could flirt around that uh 10 to 15 range I'm not necessarily put it saying that he has that ultimate upside 18 touchdowns last year was extremely solid and came out of nowhere really when you look at where compared to where he was drafted 
Now, you know, his value was great last season when I say that, but going forward in 2022, you're not going to get him there. You're not going to get him as a seventh, eighth, ninth round player. This guy's going to be going in the first two rounds. That just is what it is. So he's not going to be a guy that I'm really targeting just because of the receivers that are there and even the tight ends that I might look to add there where Connor is probably going to go. So for right now, as far as him returning to RB9 in points per game, I don't necessarily see that. I think he's closer to 12, 15, uh, you know, and if you want to bank on 18 touchdowns again, you know, good luck. But Arizona's not done yet. I think they're still going to add somebody in free agency and or in the draft. Uh, they're not just going to roll with Connor and, you know, you know, Benjamin. Now, the departing Chase Edmonds signed with Miami right out of the gate. Decent contract, a little more than Connor. Um, but then right before the show uh, started recording, Raheem Mostert gets reunited with Mike uh, McDaniel, McDan- sorry, McDaniels in uh, Miami, the new head coach, familiar with Mostert from the time in San Francisco. So now we have Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert in Miami, Miles Gaskin looking like the uh, incumbent that won't be there very long. Uh, not a lot uh, left on the bone if they're going to be given touches to both of these guys. So for me, Edmonds got the money. It talks. Mostert's been injured over the course of many seasons of his career. And while he's had his spurts at times, uh, I think what I'm really going to look for here is just give me the guy that has the passion down to work if I'm not sure. And that's going to be Chase Edmonds. 53 receptions in 2020, 43 receptions in just 12 games last season. Uh, Raheem Mostert, on the other hand, has never had more than 22 targets in a season. So while I think Mostert could just be kind of a nuisance, uh, if it if it knocks down the value of Edmonds, I'm cool taking Chase Edmonds if he's there in round six or seven in your redraft leagues. Uh, if somebody's going to bank and say, hey, I got to take this guy around four or five, you can have him. I haven't seen a ton of production from Miami running back as of late. And despite the regime change, uh, I don't know that I'm going to bank on that at that time. Again, the receivers that are going to be available at that time in your draft, you just pivot. Uh, if you're if you're staring down Chase Edmonds at the top, you're running back Q. Uh, as far as Moster goes, late round guy. Don't mind taking a stab on him, but you're talking, you know, round round nine, round ten. That's fine. You know, think about last year we were taking James Conner, Leonard Fournette. I think Moster is fine around that part, that spot. We'll see how this how the split is looking in the preseason. But I see, I expect Moster to initially get some of the more of the rushing downs work. But Ed, and Ed, Edmund seeing, you know, worked in in the in the early downs, but getting the third down work and eventually. You know, I think Edmonds can can take that job over as far as kind of the lead back. Now, the lead back in Miami, my opinion with Edmonds, if you get 50% of the carries, that's pretty good. You know, I, I don't think you're ever going to see Chase Edmonds at a at a higher workload than that. We saw it just a year ago. So I think Edmonds, if you can get uh, 10 to 12 carries, that's huge. You know, take your four to, you know, four catch, four to five catches. And and that's that's the ultimate upside, I think, for Edmonds. So don't get overly excited about him. He's a. Uh, Borderline top 24 guy with Mostert being more of the flyer. And if they're three rounds different, four rounds different, I'll, I'll just take the cheaper guy, which will probably be Mostert. few other running back ads. Honestly, most of the big names at running back are still out there. Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, as of recording, this hasn't signed. Um, you know, we have some other chips to fall. So here's the other guys that has that have signed as of now. J.D. McKissick uh, played flip-flop a little bit, was initially announced that he was going to Buffalo, stays in Washington for the same money. It's status quo. Uh, what that really tells me, uh, if I'm looking at this from a dynasty perspective, I don't know that Washington commanders trust Gibson, you know, as, as being the featured guy, um, that's seeing all the running downs work, worked into the passing game. They really were working in McKissick there. I think that'll stay status quo. Doesn't mean Gibson's a bad fantasy ad. His upside is capped though. He's just not going to see the passing downs work, which means he's not a top 10 running back. 
Uh, and again, somebody that I don't think has enough upside that even if you think he is top 10, I have a tough time arguing him over some of the wide receivers that are going to be drafted in his area as well. McKissick's PPR only. We kind of know what it is. I think it's kind of stayed the same there for what we saw last season. Now, uh, James White, another receiving back, back to New England, uh, staying with Bill Belichick, despite the interest from the Oakland Raiders who signed Brandon Bolden today. Uh, James White, uh, six receptions in his first two games with Mac Jones last season, then got injured. I think he'll continue to see the passing downs work. That's pretty clear. Uh, I don't think you'll see Stevenson or Harris really involved in the passing game much at all. Those guys will see the goal line work, which makes them more fantasy valuable. But James White as a PPR late zero RB kind of stab, like we saw last year, you get this guy in round 10, 11, 12 later. Uh, I think that's going to be the same case here uh, with Mac Jones. Uh, he is a fine receiving option out of the backfield. And like we saw the first couple weeks, and I think you can bank on this guy for four to six catches a week um, in that offense. So a few other guys that signed Dante Foreman resurgence in Tennessee last season leads, leads to him getting a contract with the Carolina Panthers. So I think you keep an eye on that Tennessee situation, see what they signed there with Derrick Henry. That is a valuable handcuff purely, uh, but with CMC, we'll see what they do uh, there. But if they work Foreman in a little bit more, it could be a good late round flyer. Uh, not even, not in the most range necessarily, but I like Foreman a bit um, as just a kind of a late round stab in Carolina. If he's, if he's kind of the guy, if they don't really add any other bodies there on the Panthers offense. Tevin Coleman back with the Jets. Hopefully what this means is they trust Michael Carter and uh, they can just kind of add some, some bodies there for cheap and uh, lean on Carter a bit, but time will tell. And I think that it's more than likely that the Jets will add somebody in the draft. So we'll see if they add somebody in round five or later, late, you know, four or later Then I'm feeling still pretty good about, about uh, Michael Carter, but we've seen NFL teams uh, get us before. So those are the running back ads. As of now, like I said, I think lots of, Lots of movement still to happen at that position. Some big names uh, and some holes to fill as well across the league. All right, receiver was a little bit more interesting. Now, at, at the top, the big name guys didn't go anywhere. That's kind of how NFL free agency works. That's how it goes. Mentioned this last week a little bit in passing, but dive in just a tad bit deeper here on today's show. Devontae Adams back with Green Bay. He was franchise tag. He's a top five wide receiver. Even if he holds out to you know week three, week four of the preseason, don't care. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he doesn't need time to, to get acclimated to that offense. He can step right in. So Devontae Adams, full go. Uh, he is my wide receiver uh, two as of right now. So more rankings to come in the next few weeks, but uh, post-free agency rankings will probably be released. Uh, will be pre-draft sometime in April, so be on the lookout for that. Chris Godwin back with Tampa Bay, also franchise tag for the second uh, year in a row. Uh, this is a guy that it's just injury now. Now that Tom Brady's back, uh, in Tampa, Godwin, you know, we saw a fantastic season from him last year. Now, they also signed Russell Gage, uh, which honestly I think was one of the biggest winners in free agency across any position at skill position for fantasy football. Uh, Russell Gage could fit into that Antonio Brown-type uh, workload, which was a decent amount of targets. Now, Brady throwing the ball as much as he did last year can lead to three fantasy valuable wide receivers. Uh, Mike Evans is going to be at the top for me because of the Godwin injury, but if healthy, if you can go from week four on, I think Godwin is going to be a top, you know, top 12 wide receiver pretty easily. I'm going to be drafting him somewhere around wide receiver 15 uh, in leagues, maybe a little bit later. We'll keep an eye on that situation as far as his progress. But if he, you know, avoids the pup list, then he's easily a uh, top, top 15 guy for me right around that edge. So uh, got to love that for Godwin, especially with Brady coming back now. Mike Williams signed a contract extension with the Chargers. He was wide receiver 14 in points per game last season. Uh, career highs pretty much across the board. 
uh, and fantasy production for sure. Cruz High in targets, 129. Had 73, 76 receptions, sorry, for just over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. I think that's I think that's repeatable. Uh, but with Keenan Allen there, Allen will see 140, 150 targets. Mike Williams, you know, and Herbert threw the ball a ton. So I think for me, Mike Williams, you're look, you're hoping for 120, 130 targets again. Uh, and if you can produce that thousand yards, seven to nine touchdowns, uh, that's that's gonna be solid for me though. In rankings, he's top twenty, but even, I'm not overly excited just because it wouldn't really matter where he goes. Being in going back to LA still is solid. I think that's literally the best spot he could have gone. Um, so that's good to see. But uh, you're talking about a guy that hasn't really produced this level. We saw him put up, you know, big yardage numbers with no touchdowns, low yardage numbers with a ton of touchdowns, and he finally put it together in 2021. So I think for Mike Williams, the landing spot's great. Arrows pointing up still for him as far as his fantasy value. Uh, he could have landed somewhere else, taken the bag, and and uh, gone somewhere with a lesser quarterback. He is in a great spot as far as a good quarterback, high-volume offense, and he will be featured there. But for me, uh, I just don't know that he's going to replicate wide receiver 14. I think he's somewhere more in that you know 18 to 20 range, so I'm okay taking him around there. Amari Cooper was, of course, traded from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns for a bag of magic beans. Uh, Amari Cooper, for me... The volume there is just not going to be the same. Now, I know he don't. I know he didn't see a ton of targets in Dallas last season, under 900 yards for him, and uh, was barely a top 30 wide receiver in points per game. The quarterback situation's kind of up in the air as of recording this. Baker Mayfield, uh, between his commercial takes, is writing letters to the city of Cleveland on how much he gave his heart and soul. Uh, we will see. But unless the Cleveland Browns land Deshaun Watson, you know this is not going to be a great quarterback situation. Well, you know, if it's Case Keenum, whatever, if they draft a rookie, uh, if they go inside a free agent, I, I don't necessarily see um, a huge upgrade there on Baker Mayfield. It's not a huge downgrade either. But uh, for me, Amari Cooper is, you know, you're looking at maybe a guy that could stretch into the top 24, but I think he's more kind of in that 24 to 28 range uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, they were, if you add Keenum and Mayfield's attempts together, that was 19th in the league. I don't think this is a, a team that wants to throw the ball a ton. Um, so Amari should be the featured number one guy, but what does that mean? You know, I, I think you can still go after number two options in higher volume offenses. So for me, Amari uh, is an arrow down. Michael Gallup resigns with the Dallas Cowboys coming off the injury. Uh, he's a late round flyer. I know last year when he was the wide receiver three there in Dallas, uh, he was going somewhere maybe round seven, but mainly round eight, round nine, maybe i take him there again, even at the wide receiver two, quote unquote. But for me, Gallup is, you know, dealing with the injury situation. Uh, I like Gallup's talent, but I don't think he's Amari Cooper. You know, he's just not that kind of player. He's a deep threat guy. You're going to, I think he's Mike Williams light. Uh, so if I think Mike Williams is kind of in that 18 to 20 range, I think Gallup, even once he's healthy, is probably somewhere in that, you know, 30. So he's going to be wide receiver three, kind of a flex when he's out there. No problem taking him there uh if you as far as on draft day as long as you're willing to ride the wave there of how healthy he is so keep an eye on that situation towards acl clean tear at the end of the year if he makes it back and he's on the pup you know he's going to be a mid-round guy christian kirk to jacksonville good for you man got a ton of money uh fantasy value don't really care uh this is a team that uh, uh jacksonville signed christian kirk signs a jones signed evan ingram Pieces around Trevor Lawrence, great. Let's see it. Trevor Lawrence threw the ball over 600 times in 2021. Could be a high-volume guy that works his way into the back end of the top 12 for fantasy purposes. That's great. Uh, he's a he's a guy in Superflex that you can draft as a 
QB two that might have QB one upside, you know, low end QB one upside, uh, just some added talent around him. But I think what this shows really the most is that, you know, DJ Chark's obviously out the door. Chenault, this is a, this is a regime coming in that just apparently doesn't believe that he's much of a talent. Uh, he still have Marvin Jones under contract there. Honestly, I think Marvin Jones is still the best fantasy option uh, when you look at this team. Uh, but overall, none of these guys are guys that I'm really targeting, want to own. I think what this did, the signing of these three guys, little boost to Lawrence, giving him a little bit more talent around him. But overall, not really thrilled. I, I think this is just a team that still is missing those key playmakers. Um, these are all C-level talents, in my opinion. And Kirk could be the best of that group of the signings uh, from this week, but I just don't see fantasy value. I'd take all these guys uh, mentioned over him so far. Uh, Zay Jones obviously signed in Jacksonville as well. Another player that I would take over Christian Kirk was Russell Gage. Mentioned it earlier, signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Saw him put up some really decent numbers with Atlanta when he was allowed to be featured there. And now he gets the, some money in Tampa Bay. Uh, should fill in as that wide receiver three slash wide receiver two until Chris Godwin's 100% healthy. Uh, and again, with a higher powered offense, you know, I have, you know, depending on the Godwin injury news, I think Gage and, and Michael Gallup are pretty damn close. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep it on that situation. Still fluid there, but I like it for Russell Gage. I think this is a really, really good landing spot for him and uh, should still see plenty of workload despite being the wide receiver three. Braxton Berrios back with the Jets. Uh, had some nice PPR numbers down the stretch. I believe it was uh, double-digit PPR points over the last four weeks. Uh, some of that got a little creative with some rushing and those types of things. Really, I just think this is good continuity for the for the second-year quarterback, Zach Wilson. You're still looking at Berrios, uh, uh, Elijah Moore, and, of course, Corey Davis, the last year's free agent signee. Uh, maybe they could add another piece there at, at as far as a, a, uh, as a receiver. They added a couple of tight ends. But I think overall, I just like this for Wilson. You know, keep the guys there that he's been comfortable with. with uh, Jameson Crowder looking like he's not going to resign with the Jets. I, I like it for Barrios. You know, if you want to take him in a deeper league PPR, you know, wide receiver four type, that's fine. Um, but uh, I think just overall, I like it better just for, for Zach Wilson. DJ Chark mentioned earlier out the door. Well, he signed in Detroit. This man loves winning, ladies and gentlemen, going from Jacksonville to the Detroit Lions. Uh, Chark, I, I don't see a ton of fantasy value for him. I know he blew up a couple years ago, had the injury last year. Uh, but for me, I think Chark is maybe 100 targets, you know, even in that offense that's going to be playing from behind a lot. I still think that as far as the pecking order goes, uh, you're still going to see Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown leading the pass catchers and receiving DeAndre Swift heavily involved in that passing game as well. So I think Chark, you know, if he reaches 90 to 100 targets, uh, he can hover probably around that 750, 800 yards uh, and and that'll be where he is. So I think this is a, you know, late round guy maybe not you know late double digits but you know nine ten and just take the shot there if he ends up being uh the preferred target for jared goff an offense that should be throwing the ball quite a bit you know then you luck out but i don't know that he is going to overtake hawkinson or i'm ross st brown in targets now what does this do to i'm ross st brown i think st brown was already an interesting study because you look at what he did down the stretch which was obviously unfreaking believable the dude was a top 10 wide receiver, was getting it done every single week, was getting it done every single way you could at the receiver position. But that was without TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so I'm a little bit worried about what he is going to do. Uh, what he's going to do there. Sorry, I got a notification. Chris Godwin signs a three-year contract extension with the Bucks. Good for him uh, after getting that franchise tag. So good for Chris Godwin. Uh, hopefully for him, it's a couple of years of Tom Brady, not just one, but we'll see. So uh, back to DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown. 
for me, St. Brown, I just, you're not going to see him replicate what he did at the end of the season. Chark being there, you knew more bodies were going to come in. That was, you know, going to happen. But for me, St. Brown is somebody that's just going to be overvalued on draft day because people are going to remember what he did down the stretch. And while that was great, I just don't see taking him as a top 15 wide receiver. Just don't see that happening. And somebody will probably take him earlier than I will. So Cedric Wilson moves from Dallas to Miami. Uh, you know, it's another body, but Cedric Wilson's not a great talent. And honestly, Miami has been linked to some other wide receivers and they just brought in Cedric Wilson. So I don't necessarily love this for the offense. Uh, Waddle's still clearly far and away the guy. Um, he's going to see a crap ton of targets. And with it just being Devontae Parker, Cedric Wilson, they brought back in um, Preston Williams. You know, I, I don't love it for Tua. I wish they committed some more resources. I know they were linked to the Amari Cooper before the trade to Cleveland. I would love that. You know, let, let's get this kid some serious talent. I haven't really seen it from Miami. So we'll see. We'll see if they add more in the passing game there. But um, some running backs will help Tua from the additions they've made, but I don't necessarily love Cedric Wilson being the answer at receiver. So I'd like them to add a decent name, uh, whether in free agency or on draft day. A uh, couple names, uh, Jarvis Landry was cut since our last show. Just keep an eye on that. He's kind of one of the bigger names that's still left at the wide receiver position. Him and Juju are kind of towards the top of the list. Uh, when you look in the free agent, agent tracker besides, you know, Allen Robinson right now. So uh, those are some names still to watch as of recording this. Uh, all right. Last but not least, the tight end. Honestly, there's been a lot of movement here. Some of this started back on franchise tag day. We're going to summarize some of that stuff because some of those things have even changed since then. Uh, but at the top of the board, we got Dalton Schultz back with the Dallas Cowboys and then Mike Kosicki back with Miami Dolphins with the franchise tag. So I mentioned a couple weeks ago on my top 10 show, it was the top five tight ends. You have, uh, you know, obviously Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Pitts, um, and Andrews. Not necessarily in that order for me, but those are your top five guys. Clear tier. There it is. Behind that was Hawkinson, Goddard, Felt decent about those guys if you want to take a shot on them. And beyond that, I was literally like, I don't want any of these guys. Get me away. But with that being said, I think that free agency has been the kindest so far to the tight end position. I like some of these guys. I'm going to fall back to that trap where there's going to probably be 12, 14 guys that I kind of like at the position. Obviously, I'm not reaching on any of those guys besides the top five. But I talked about Dalton Schultz as a bust candidate at season end because I had a little bit more faith in the Cowboys retaining some of their play, even more Cooper mainly, uh, but Jarwin coming back. And then since then, obviously Jarwin's been released due to injury. Cooper traded, bring back Gallup who's injured and Cedric Wilson's out the door. So Schultz, who was tight end three in 2021 uh, overall, not in points per game, but overall total points, tight end three, third in receptions with a career highs with 78 receptions, just over 800 yards and eight touchdowns. I think those numbers are within reach for Dalton Schultz again. That would put him on borderline that elite tier. I think that Schultz is now in that tier with Hawkinson and, and Goddard, and I, I love the move uh, for fantasy, the fact that Schultz is going to be back with the Cowboys in 2022. Stock up for Dalton Schultz. Mike Gesicki, fifth in receptions last year, 73 for 780 and just two touchdowns. I think staying in Miami, uh, is going to still be solid. The reason I don't like Kosicki as much as Schultz, and he's probably not in that tier with Hawkinson, Schultz, and Goddard, just because Schultz uh, will see targets every single week. There's no doubt about it. Kosicki sometimes won't even be on the damn field. 
Uh, he had some games last year where his snap percentage was extremely low for a guy that you're counting on. Now, when you have a guy that's kind of a tight end or a bust tight end play and he doesn't perform, you deal with it. You live with it. You knew what it was. But Kasicki's a guy that you have to spend draft capital on on draft day. And that's just a guy that I'm not looking to target. So while I like his prospects, is he going to finish top 10? Probably because he's going to get the looks. But can you trust him week in and week out? I don't know about that. Hopefully the touchdown numbers come up and that balance out the fact that he does have some disappearing acts. Um, but I uh, like the move for Dalton Schultz. Gasicki's kind of a, you know, kind of a flat, but I, I still think he has the upside to be a top 10 guy. He's just on the edge of that, uh, that last resort tier. All right. Few more moves that I really liked for the tight end landscape. David Njoku, franchise tag by the Cleveland Browns. And immediately I'm like, what the hell? Get this guy out of Cleveland. Let this man have his chance. You drafted him so early. And you've done nothing but just, you know, sign Austin Hooper to record-setting deals, not target this man. What are we doing? Today, March 16th, Austin Hooper cut from the Cleveland Browns, and Njoku finally has in time. It's going to be Njoku and Bryant in that Cleveland Browns offense. Uh, we'll see with the quarterback situation, but I like Njoku. He's not going to be top 12 for me, but he's going to be kind of on that fringe, interesting guy list uh, that I think you know is, is going to be a valuable fantasy option for owners that wait at the position. Austin Hooper currently still a free agent after just getting cut today. We'll keep an eye on that. He's kind of a volume type guy if he lands in the right spot. Um, there's some teams still looking for tight ends, but I like this from Joku quite a bit now that Hooper is gone. First instant, first reaction was, my God, what are we doing? But overall, I like this from Joku and his fancy prospects. All right. We obviously had the trade with Russell Wilson. Now, how does that impact the tight ends? Well, Noah Fan is sent to Seattle, waiting on a quarterback, so not going to judge this just yet for Noah Fan's fancy value. But – uh, you know, he could be in that Njoku range somewhere in that 12 to 15 uh, for fantasy purposes, but definitely not a guy that right now you have to spend much on. We'll keep it on that quarterback situation. Alberto, though, on the other side of it, he leapfrogs fan and Njoku in my rankings. He enters that top 12 discussion. I think he could be right there with Gasicki, but just a, just a half a step below because I don't think that the volume is going to be there. We saw Gasicki again, fifth in receptions with 73. I think Albert O, you're looking at probably like a 60, uh, 65 receptions uh, with a very crowded uh, offensive unit with, uh, you know, obviously Sutton and Judy and Tim Patrick, not in that order. Um, but I think Albert O is now enters the conversation as a guy that I don't mind targeting late in my drafts. Uh, and right now I have him over Noah Fant and uh, Njoku. Zach Ertz returns to Arizona. Some of these guys just returning to their place. Uh, were big time winners for me. I love Zach Ertz to Arizona. Don't get over high to what we saw at the end of last season. Now, overall, with his time in Philly and in Arizona, he was fourth among receivers and receptions with 74, one more than Mike Kosicki, four less than Dalton Schultz, uh, put up 763 yards, five touchdowns. Overall, very solid option. I think the upside is a little bit capped. Um, what you should not buy into is his end of the season targets. Had 43 targets. In the last four weeks, that was with the out, out DeAndre Hopkins, though. Once Hopkins is back, now with Christian Kirk out, maybe there's a little bit of a middle ground there. But with Ertz, I think he's somebody that's going to be in that just ahead of the kind of Albert O group right there with Mike Kosicki. I'm fine with, with Zach Ertz as a top 12 fantasy option, somebody that rose from the dead over the last week due to a very fine landing spot uh, for the veteran tight end. All right, now some guys that I'm a little – I'm not necessarily – in thrilled with their prospects, but that could have had, um, could have value elsewhere. Uh, mainly one spot I'll get to here in just a sec. But first off, Evan Ingram, probably the biggest name, signed with Jacksonville. You know, it's a retread move, obviously, from a fancy perspective. When you look at 
all the years we waited on this kid with New York and it never panned out despite being the only show in town. Dan Arnold's still there in Jacksonville. So for me, Evan Ingram is not in that. He's not even, he's not near the Noah fan, Alberto, David and Joku range. He is below those guys. Um, and a, you know, a guy that you're looking at, maybe a streamer midseason. We'll see how it goes. The volume was there in that offense, but does it go to Evan Ingram? I'm not sure. Mo Ali Cox returns to Indy as Jack Doyle retires. With Zach Ertz not being reunited with uh, a former coach in Indianapolis, right now that's open. So if Mo Ali Cox is the only show in town, he's kind of in that Evan Ingram-ish role uh, as far as from fantasy prospects go. Uh, there were two tight end signings with the Jets. Uh, CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin, formerly of the Vikings, Uzama coming over from Cincinnati, uh, signed with the Jets. I like this for Zach Wilson. Give this guy a little bit of talent. Uzama showed down the stretch. Pretty nice uh, postseason run. Conklin, serviceable tight end option uh, there in Minnesota, having to step up with Irv Smith injured. But overall, neither of these guys are going to have fine fantasy value, in my opinion. But give Zach Wilson a little bit more talent around him. So I'm okay with the move from that perspective. But the big winner out of this. Obviously, there's an opening there in Cincinnati uh, at the at the tight end spot. But Irv Smith, who missed all of last season due to injury, the young tight end, hopefully is looking to get his shot there with the Vikings. Now, they have to sign somebody. Irv Smith's not a blocker, so there's going to be somebody else brought in. But if Irv can stay on the field for those passing downs, I like him quite a bit. He's going to be there ahead of it over Evan Ingram, probably in that Noah Fant range. Um, but if he's going to get the shot, like the town on this kid, I haven't seen it yet. Still super young, and I think he's somebody that if you're, again, completely punting the tight end position that you can grab late as an option. Two more signings that came out late today, O.J. Howard to the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, like 2021 breakout darling at the position, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox has more competition now in Buffalo. I still think Knox can be somewhere in that uh, fan Irv Smith range ahead of Evan Ingram, but... For now, Knox was already a question mark due to having to replicate high touchdown numbers uh, to be there. So for me, I'm taking the guys like even, you know, I think Njoku is probably pretty close, but I would take Zach Ertz over Dawson Knox, despite what we saw last season with OJ Howard there, just another body. Uh, and I think Howard, if you're in some, I know I'm talking about 2022 values here, but if you're in some dynasty leagues, it's worth taking a shot. It's one year. If he goes out and proves himself, this could be a guy that even if he's behind Knox in 2022, Finds a nice landing spot in a payday in 2023. And last but not least, had to throw this guy on the list. Of course, he's my boy, RSJ, Ricky Seals-Jones. Signs with the New York Giants. Uh, that is happened reported right before recording this. So if he changes his mind or whatever reason, don't blame me. But RSJ now moves to the New York Giants roster that has nobody at tight end. Evan Ingram is gone. Cut Kyle Rudolph. RSJ could be the guy. Late tight end, two, start two tight end league, play only tight end premium, maybe, if you're looking. But he's definitely down there with the Evan Ingrams, Moali Cox of the world. Um, not in that uh, Irv Smith, Noah Fant, um, you know, range. That I think RSJ is just kind of a late, late, late round guy um, in some deeper, deeper leagues, tight end premium, potentially. So with that, there you go. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's Fantasy Football Smackdown. Going to be back next week. Uh, touching a little bit more on the guys that weren't impacted, taking a look a little bit further ahead as the guys that are trying to hold on to their fantasy value as we are through phase one of the fantasy offseason with free agency really rolling, NFL draft still to come. So what are some guys that could be in line for more workload based off of free agency fallout? 
but with the draft still to come, still some value to be determined. So appreciate you checking out today's show. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. Going to be back next week with the Fantasy Football Smackdown as always, but be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to this. Rate and review the show if you like what you hear. But until then, I'll catch you guys next week. I'll see you. 